Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. This podcast is a Royfield Brown production. Find others on iTunes. All right. Yeah, I know. In an uncertain world, there is always music which can be listened to in good company. Welcome to Friday 15, the show where we speak to friends and interesting people to the backdrop of great tunes and allocate 15 minutes to both. Today we speak to Jordan Harbour about the world of alternative history. Pirates hails from Toronto. Make It mixes piano with a jazz chord progression and a childlike mournful flow style to maximum effect. I just wanna go home. I've been here too long. I've been here too long. I just wanna see my home. But it way too far. And I ain't really trying to use the phone. Cause all my friends are gone. Jordan, 
What exactly is this murky world of alternative history? What is alternate history? Well, you look at history from the lens of what could have been. And what I like about it is it allows you to explore different universes. And uh, it's kind of like, you know, fantasy or science fiction. Um, But it's, uh, you know, still within kind of historical spec. And when exactly did this genre come about? Because it, it seems that um, that really since the since the Second World War that it's really when the kind of the, the genre kind of got a shot in the arm. But does is it older than just 1945? And what if the Germans had won? Oh, certainly. Uh, I mean, the, the the thing is is whenever you have um, an historian who attempts to uh, envision what could have been um, that's alternate history and you have that all the way back to the Greeks and the Romans who were you know wondering um, you know what if this emperor hadn't done this you know how would have things been a little bit different and uh, any historian is going to uh, you know at least play a little bit with that that what if scenario what was the first kind of tome what was the first what if that it's kind of recognized as being the, the progenitor of the whole genre. It's hard to kind of nail down a particular writer. Uh, you could look at Churchill, for instance, who mm-hmm. did a little bit of what ifing, uh, And before him, there, there were many others. But in terms of kind of like a, a major figure who is kind of dominating the space, took, took the idea of alternate history and kind of serialized it, it would be Harry Turtledove. Now, he wasn't the first, I'll, I'll admit, but he is the one that kind of has been carrying the torch of alternate history and, you know, book after book and for years and years. And it's usually the one that, that most people pick up first is, is a Harry Turtledove novel. And so Harry Turtledove, the premise of where he starts is that what if the South had won the American Civil War? So what what you're thinking about is uh, a book that he wrote called Guns of the South. And uh, it's not quite straight alternate history like you would imagine, um, you know, just replaying the events in in a different order. What Guns of the South does is it takes this idea of uh, time traveling racists who go back in time through a, you know, a a time traveling time travel machine. And and uh, they bring crates of AK-47s to the South and train them up on how to use them. And so the the North has to sort of contend with that. They lose fairly quickly and spectacularly. And then the South then has to sort of deal with the ramifications of winning. And it's, you know, it's 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 pretty interesting. You know, the, the there's a sort of center part, like the, the battle happens in the first, say, third of the book. And I, I would say that's probably the most interesting part. Just read the first third and, and uh, you're going to get the all the joy the the next third is kind of you know elections take place and you know people are are trying to get used to uh the southern kind of government and and with all of these kind of racist ties and and slavery being attached to it and and certain people are kind of pro-slavery and some are against slavery even within the, the confederate states uh and then the last um third of it is well, I, I don't want to give it away but it, essentially they, oh, they 
they turn on the uh, the time traveling racists, and, and there's a big battle against them with their futuristic weapons. And uh, I won't tell you who wins, but it's it you know that's the kind of stuff that you get with Harry Turtle Dove. Is okay. it's not sort of your your straight um, normal historical. What if this happened? It's you know he likes to throw in a little bit of fantasy sci-fi. So I'm guessing then that there's kind of uh, two parts to the genre. There is the here is a turning point in history. Let's say you know, let's say it's the Battle of Stalingrad for argument's sake. And instead of the the Germans losing that epic battle, they win. Then what happens? And then it plays out pretty straight in terms of a logical set of consequences to that. And then you, there's your Harry Turtledoves. Where where do you stand? What type of alternative history um, are you into, Mr. Harbour? When I do my own writing, uh, I try to keep it fairly straight uh, in terms of, you know, like there is a time travel element where you're going back in time. Is that to spectate and, or is that to actively be part of Yeah, you. The I mean, you're a spectator, but you're also an actor. Mm-hmm. Pretty hard to actually change the course of history. I mean, you're a time-traveling tourist. And how often does a, does a tourist actually get to, you know, change the course of history? <laughs> like, it, it really depends on how far up the ranks you get in these stories. Um, but mostly it's a case of just exploring these different worlds and you know you wouldn't necessarily be meeting Hitler but you might be living with a Jewish family that's on the run Mm -hmm. right because that's that's a little bit more realistic like you you land and then you're in a train station and then you know you end up meeting a, a, a Jewish family and and they're also there and they're trying to escape and you talk to them and you build a relationship and then you know, maybe a, a guard comes and, you know, because you're talking to them, you know, you, you get the po- finger pointed at you and then you off you go. I'm, I'm kind of writing a story here now. <laughs> but, so um, how did you get into this world? How did you get into this whole subgenre of history? I really liked Harry Turtledove when I was a kid, mm-hmm. uh, but I kind of put those books down and forgot about them for many years. Was into history in general. Uh, and ended up doing a, a degree in, in Greek and Roman studies. And uh, as an archaeologist, I did a little, a few excavations around when I discovered that you can't really make any money or um, you know raise a family as an archaeologist. I left that and sought out a, a more conventional job. But I always wanted to keep that passion going somehow. I needed an outlet for it, which was why I created a podcast. And the podcast, it wasn't alternate history to begin with it was i wanted it to be kind of a nature show almost like where you go back in time and you you experience different cultures mm-hmm. as kind of a, a tourist or, or in, in kind of a naturist well you know how how these a nature shows are. way what you podcasting yeah, yeah, in the nude well you're not naked uh, usually i mean <laughs> i guess there are moments yeah, that can't happen but usually you're you're clothed i wanted to get as close to that dan carlin experience as i could you know being an amateur mm-hmm. um of, of really immersing yourself in a culture and, and experiencing the emotions and i didn't want to so much have the intellectual experience so much so that was sort of the the direction i was going for but eventually i i came to the conclusion that uh, you know, like once you do Rome once, you know, Rome's done and then you have to move on to something else. And I wanted to explore Rome again. <laughs> and so that's when the, the idea of alternate history 
came back to me and I remembered, oh yeah, there's this thing in alternate history where you can, you know, explore different versions of that same world. The kind of fiction, science fiction element really started to pick up and, and we... It's interesting for me that you, you mentioned science fiction a couple of times and mm. I love science fiction, I absolutely do. I, I'm a little bit of a Trekkie and I love the construction of worlds and universes. But the thing which has always fascinated me about alternative history is more the political science um, and the logicality of it as opposed to um, time travel. So I've always loved the kind of pivots, uh, pivot dates of history. So it's 1865 and the South have one. How could sure. that have actually happened? Or is it um, January 1943 and actually the German Fifth Army has defeated the Russians? So right. I want you, Mr. Harbour, to tell me all about a piece of music which is so synonymous with Stalingrad and that kind of pivotal date in World War Two, which is uh, Bruckner's Seventh Symphony. Uh, why have you picked that as your piece of music this week on Friday 15th? The reason why I picked that is I love World War Two, and there's something about Stalingrad that's always attracted to me. You know, I, I think just the it's it's absolutely horrendous. It's one of those experiences that you you just can't fathom. Um, and there are so many different levels to it. You know, there's the fighting at the grain factory. There's flying over top in a bomber. There's you know fighting in the sewers. And uh, but it's the the incredible ferocity of it. I read Ma Manstein's uh, account of of Stalingrad and and the collapse of the West and the Sixth Army. So in doing research. I came upon this piece by Bruckner. It was the piece of music that was played over the radio in Germany right before they announced that Stalingrad was lost. So to me, it's kind of like the soundtrack to Stalingrad. You know, this is what the Germans felt was uh, the music that best represented that battle.
bloke aren't you mr harbour because you're actually as well as an accomplished storyteller um you're a bit of a accomplished musician as well aren't you uh, well I, I i would say that i can tinkle at the piano but i uh, i don't know about an accomplished oh but um, you, you can you can tinkle those ivories to a an accomplished uh, standard though can't you you know I, I can do a little bit you know i, I got to grade 10 and then i stopped um, grade 10, doesn't that literally mean that, you know, you're a kind of orchestra material? It means that I'm just before the, the area where you would be able to teach. <laughs> I got to the point where I was able to start playing some of the rudimentary pieces that I enjoy listening to. Mm-hmm. Let's put it that way. <laughs> All right. All right. I, I think you're being somewhat modest here. Um, alternative history is definitely incredibly popular not just in novel form but now on dv so where do you stand with something like the man in the high castle by philip k dick with his kind of vision of the nazis have won and america is split between the one third which is run by the japanese and the the other two thirds which are run by a by the american nazis you know i like philip k dick as an author he's I, I sort of see his novels a bit of like character sketches, mm-hmm. so it's not so much about the plot, although there is the you know sort of the plot that runs through it, but it's it's really just like a, a very long character sketch that gets you really deep into um, a particular character. So it's it's more focused on building the character and what's going on in this character's mind and and what are the things that really interest that character and 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 they just sort of swirl around in that character's mind so you kind of learn about the world through the the motivations and the and the obsessions of of a character so uh, i must admit i'm yeah i've kind of said it before i'm really into the world building it, it tell me the reason why um there are so many books about if the south had won the civil war or what the world would be like if the germans had won the second world war it seems to me that those are the two big kind of historical pivot points that this um don't get me wrong there are there are there are other dates which people kind of pick out and the one which i always find fascinating and it's really first switched me on to alternative history as something which was even a thing was the premise say if queen victoria had been born a man and that, to me, was absolutely fascinating uh, because um, at that point, whoever was on the throne of Great Britain was also the King of Hanover. And But because of the uh, laws, uh, the rules of succession in Hanover, that person could not have been female. 
So when Queen Victoria becomes the Queen of Great Britain, she gives up the throne. Well, she doesn't give up the throne. She could not become the Queen of Hanover. She gives it to a cousin of hers. Now, mm-hmm. um, you know, and I know, being uh, fans of history, that you have German reunification in the 1860s. Potentially, you have the situation whereby the Prussians would have invaded Hanover and it would have been um, the domain of the King of England. So you almost have um, a First World War um, some 50 odd years beforehand. And I just and I went, oh, my goodness, I had not (laughs) thought about that. But right. But um, the the sex of the uh, the monarch of Britain generally isn't something which plays big in alternative history. It is what if the South had won uh, the Civil War or what if the Germans had won in the Second World War. Why are those two things which happened in history so redolent in terms of feeding um, this whole genre? Well, I think that, you know, it, it, it's most likely because those are the most popular wars um, at least in in our world right now they're the most interesting one or the maybe not the most interesting but the ones that people pick up the most you know why isn't the first world war um, you know a more popular one and it's probably because it was a it's a bit more of a, a drudge fest and and um, you know I, I find the, the first world war just as fascinating but it's it wasn't quite as dynamic as the second world war uh, nor did it touch the lives of Americans as much as the the Civil War. Uh, so, yeah, and you know, we kind of live. Uh, I'm a Canadian, so I kind of have to to live with uh, whatever the Americans are most interested in because they seem to there's more of them, and and they're richer, and they they get themselves published more, and uh, which you know, it's it's fascinating. It's fascinating stuff, but it's American. It's not Canadian. Jordan Harbour, you're going to have to come back on to Friday 15 another time and give us some some pivot points of Canadian history, which we could uh, <laughs> use as a jump off for alternative Canadian history. Um, Jordan, just before you go, tell everybody uh, all about your podcast and how they can find it. And Royful, thanks so much for having me on your show. I mean, it's, it's a real honour to be on your show. Um, I do the, the Twilight Histories podcast. And um, it's just as it sounds, um, you know, go to iTunes. You're probably already there right now. Uh, so just type in Twilight Histories and uh, you should see it pop up. And you start right at the beginning at Ice Age Misery. Misery. It's one of the very first ones that I ever did. And um, it, it was the first one that I felt, uh, you know, I really connected. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com with reminiscent for me anyway of school dinners in the mid 1970s love is the drug from the art rock band roxy music is neither rock nor funk 
It's taken from their 1975 album Siren and is somewhat of a classic. Hathaway is an American singer of a fine pedigree, as she's the daughter of the soul singer Donnie. On Surrender, Hathaway works with the producer Pharrell Williams to create a rollicking 60s soundscape. Please don't get lost. So 
hope you enjoyed this week's show don't forget you can follow the show's progress on facebook by simply typing in friday 15 you can also find us on twitter where you can follow me where i'm at royfield spelled r-o-i-f-i-e-l-d now every thursday you can jump onto twitter and tweet me and nominate a song for me to put into this week's friday 15 itunes reviews folks are extremely important they're the lifeblood of any podcast please go onto itunes and write us a, a glowing review and don't forget finally you can email me from royfield spelled r-o-i-f-i-e-l-d at gmail.com see you all again in seven days time for more good music and great conversation hey folks i'm mark Marin from the wtf podcast and this episode is brought to you by kleenex ultra soft tissues your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season i love the change of seasons but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather kleenex ultra soft tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved so fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin for this allergy season grab kleenex and face allergies head on